Does anyone ever feel like you're a pawn for the gods and they like to use you for stories in their stand-up comedy nights? I was taking a shower the other night and I was shaving my asshole. And I think the gods, you know, they were sitting around their board game of life smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and one of them looks at the other and smirks and he's like, watch this. And he sends this little thought down into my brain. And the thought is accompanied with an action. And they happen almost simultaneously. And they're timed so the thought hits just before the action. Like a split second later. The thought? Oh, fuck me. I'm about to cut myself. The action is my hand slipping. Unless you are a truly blessed soul and you've never experienced cutting your asshole open while showering, you know what happens next, and you know the trauma that I experienced, the blood, the pain, the screams of why God that I raised to the heavens. And you know the gods up there, they're just laughing their asses off, and it's not fair. It's not fair to be targeted. Ah! So that's where I'm at, that's where my life's at, and that's going to do it for this week's intro. Oh, I love a good sugar pussy. I had a dream the other night that inspired a life action that I don't know yet if I'm proud of or not. The dream, and I'm going to get very detailed here, because it was a, it was a good dream, let me tell you. I was with the hottest girl, and I had her arms tied above her head, and she was blindfolded. Oh, and and very much naked. I was licking her nipples. I was kissing her stomach. I was just enjoying myself. Making my way down her body. And then, when she's like barely able to handle anymore, I leave. I leave her there for a hot minute. Helpless, squirming, whining. Mm. And I grab an ice cube, like a big-ass ice cube, and I come back, and I start playing even more. And I put it on her stomach. I take her blindfold off, and I tell her, you're not allowed to let this ice cube fall off your stomach, and you're not allowed to come until it melts. And then I start going to town Mm. You guys, it has been so long since I have licked pussy. It's been months. I am not okay. I am not okay. So, of course, I wake up before anything more happens. But I wake up and I lay there and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, God damn it, I gotta change this situation in my life. So, I download Tinder. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure yet if I am happy with this decision, but I download Tinder. I haven't had Tinder on my phone in months. I haven't needed it, haven't really wanted it because dating apps are problematic and we're going to talk about that in this episode. We're going to talk about dating apps and we're going to talk about seeking arrangements. We're going to talk about bios. We're going to talk about pictures. We're going to talk about managing them. But first, I want to talk about good old Tinder because it's the one most popularly used and it's the one that most people think of and understand the best. All right, so first we have to understand that Tinder uses psychology, it uses strategies to hook us to the app. And it actually uses these to hook us to the app, but it makes dating harder. So the things that they do to keep you engaging with the app so they can keep making money make dating harder in the end and in the long run. It does this by taking advantage of how our brains work and reward chemicals, also known as dopamine. So there are certain ways that it causes the release of dopamine in our brains and it teaches us how to get that and it teaches us that that's related to the app and so we like it and we want to use it. It's addicting and it's, I've said for a long time that Tinder is a form of entertainment rather than dating and that's a combination of being addicted to the chemical release and also the fact that Tinder's chances of actually working are so low. I have made some good friends from Tinder, but that's mostly it. I've had a couple hookups, obviously, and I've made some friends, but like I've had a lot more luck on apps like Hinge, and yet Tinder is the one I always want to download. It's the one I always want to get. So why is that? Well, there's a couple reasons. First of all, people like looking at attractive people. And there are a lot of attractive people on Tinder. It's funny that our brains actually reward us for looking at attractive people. We also tend to think that they're more fun to engage with or we're going to like them more. And so it releases all these chemicals of, of reward when we're looking at them. The other thing is unpredictable rewards. So it uses the swiping and matching system to basically be like gambling. It uses the same things as gambling does. You swipe or you pull the lever and you don't know what's going to happen and you have that anticipation and the suspension and you're hoping to get a match. And then when that match happens, you get that flood of reward. The funny thing is over time, our brains change. And suddenly, it's not who we're matching with that we get the dopamine from. Suddenly, it's the match itself that gives those reward chemicals and the dopamine. I've noticed this in myself and I've noticed this in my own life when I have Tinder downloaded, when you get that notification that you got a new match. Personally, I feel that reward and I'm satisfied. I don't even click into Tinder to see who it was most of the time. I... (laughs) solely use tinder after a while for that entertainment spark and that's why i deleted it and i haven't had it on my phone for so long because it's just absurd at some point that we can get so addicted to this swiping right and swiping left system that doesn't actually work for the initial reason that we downloaded the app right and don't get me wrong it can work and we're gonna get to how to make it work better for you later but it's important to understand like there's so many different things that go into if Tinder is working for you or if it's not working for you and 
Another one is uh, choice overload. There's this phenomenon in our brains where when we're presented with too many options, we decide not to choose any at all. I have probably 350 matches on my Tinder who I have never talked to and I don't delete because it's overwhelming. There's too many. I don't have a huge desire to figure out which ones I'm going to talk to and which ones I'm not. And so most of them just get left unnoticed. And that's, I think, the case for a lot of people, right? And that is one of the reasons why ghosting has become so popular and so common now. That along with now that people are meeting each other over technology instead of in peer social groups, there just are less social stakes. You're not going to be offending people who you're close to by not taking somebody seriously or by ignoring them. There's just less stakes involved. And it's made ghosting a hell of a lot easier when you don't worry about consequences, basically. The consequences that are going to impact you. All of this combined with the fact that these apps use imperfect algorithms to pair you with potential matches. Basically, the algorithms, Tinder takes into consideration who you're swiping right on and it compares you to similar profiles. When similar profiles swipe right on people and you swipe right on somebody, it's able to say, hey, okay, so these people have similar tastes. And then it's able to knock off all of these other options. So the more you're using Tinder, the more you're swiping, the more it's learning about you and, and apparently what you like and what you don't like. But in my experience, my Tinder experience has gotten worse the longer I have it downloaded. So anytime you re-download it or you first download it, the algorithms have to start learning. And so you just start seeing basic profiles. And I have always much preferred using the apps when it first starts out versus when the algorithm starts to learning. learning. I just, it goes downhill. It's all judging each other on face value, on superficial things and superficial attributes. It's not taking into consideration who you really are. A computer can't do that. And people who don't know you are not a good focal point of if you have similar tastes. It just goes downhill. That's just the way it is. So all of these things mean, surprise, surprise, dating apps can be really bad for mental health. Um, A study by the University of North Texas reported that male Tinder users reported lower self-worth than those not using dating apps. It's a very real thing to start feeling those rejections, feeling those non-matches just as they build and build and build and build and build. Especially if you've felt that reward chemical once or twice, you know what it is and then you're not getting it and you're not getting it and you just have these hopes and all this rejection is really, really potentially bad for people. It's important if you're going to use these apps that you use them carefully and you use them for the right reasons. Only use them when you're feeling good and when you have an actual goal in mind. So there's actually some type of person you want to meet or you're actually looking to meet somebody, right? You're not just using it as a time consumer because that's deeply impacting how you view yourself. It's deeply impacting your self-esteem and your self-worth and it's not a good pastime. It just isn't. So of course, you tend to want to use these dating apps and you tend to want to log into Tinder 
when you're feeling down, depressed, and lonely because you want to spark that connection, but in reality, it's only going to make everything worse when that connection doesn't happen. And I'm hoping that going into kind of some of the psychological factors behind how Tinder works, I'm hoping talking a little bit about, hey, remember, this is just an algorithm here. It's not perfect and it ha- it's terrible at judging you as a person and your personality and your character. It's really fucking bad at that. And so don't take it personally when it fails and don't take it personally when you're not getting anything from an app designed to keep you hooked and psychologically engaged. All right, but real talk, how can we make our profiles better? There are some guidelines to follow when making your profile. The biggest and most important key elements to a dating profile. Accurately depict yourself. Be funny. Provide conversation starters. Top three things, all right? So the pictures, yes, they need to accurately portray yourself. If they're all close-ups on your face or whatever, it's probably in the end not going to work out in your favor. You want to accurately depict your whole body, at least somewhere in the pictures. You also need enough pictures of just you, depicting just you, because believe it or not, we look a lot different depending on how we've done our makeup or hair or what we're wearing or what hats we're in, that kind of stuff. And when somebody doesn't know you, it can be really hard to pick you out in a crowd from one other picture. So accurately depict yourself. Um, show lots of pictures of your face, show your hobbies, pictures that you're involved in your hobbies, especially if they're outdoorsy. And then also you want a picture or two of yourself in social environments. So you want it obvious which one is you, or you want to make it obvious in the other pictures which one is you. But it is a good idea to put a picture of yourself in a social environment, having fun. And so I always, I always do those things. I always do like a couple selfies, a social picture, and make sure I've got my full body in there. And then I also usually put some hobbies or like cool shit. So I've got one of me scuba diving and I've got one, I've got a little gif of me pole dancing and that kind of stuff. Bio is really important. Don't ignore it. Please, for the love of God, put something in your bio. While it's possible to start a conversation off of somebody's pictures or gifts, if they've put good ones up, you gotta provide like various levels of opportunity. Because a lot of people just aren't great at picking out all the opportunity. And the best way to ever actually get a message is if you intrigue a question or a comment while they're looking at your profile. So then if they match with you, they type it in right away. If they don't ask you a question or talk to you right away, the chances of it ever happening are very slim. So you want to provide stuff that they need to get out of their system right away. So your bio is a really good place to provide some humor, make them laugh. Everybody likes to laugh. It releases good chemicals. And then they associate that with you. So make them laugh, provide some humor, show a little bit of your shining personality in there. Say something mysterious or intriguing. Ask um, a weird question. Personally, if somebody says, ask me about this on their profile, I don't because I assume that's what everybody's doing. And so I try to do something unique. But 
if you really can't think of something to put about yourself that would spark conversation, you can put the, you can put something a little bit more guiding on there. So yeah, you want to accurately depict yourself, you want to spark conversation, and you want to make them laugh. All of those things that are going to make you memorable and make them want to talk to you right away are good. Add those. Do that. All right. Seeking arrangements. I've been wanting to talk about the tangible profile on seeking arrangements for a while. But it's, there's a couple of things that are important to consider if you make an account on seeking arrangements and how you're going to present yourself. And also, after you do, what to be prepared for. I want to start by saying that surprisingly, your profile on seeking arrangements is less important than you might think. Basically, your profile on seeking arrangements is important when it comes to quality, not whether or not it's going to work. So if you have a profile on seeking arrangements and you have the very basics, you have pictures, doesn't matter how good the pictures are, but you have pictures, you're going to get attention. That's it, basically. The quality of attention, probably not great, but you're going to get attention. It will probably work for you. That is how many sugar daddies are out there. They're like sharks. <laughs> so <laughs> starting with pictures, the kind of pictures you want on seeking arrangements differ from a different dating app because you want to show a different side of you. You don't necessarily want to show the fun, social, crazy side of you that you would show on Tinder to prove to your peers that you know how to have a good time. On seeking arrangements, you want to show that you're able to be classy, that you're able to be professional, that you're mature, and how attractive you are. Very bluntly, that's very important. You have to be very honest with what you look like because there's money involved. And like I've said before, honesty is really important. So accurately depict what you look like, but do so in a classy way. Selfies in front of a mirror are not a good go-to. You want more professional pictures than that. You want pictures people have taken of you. You also don't want pictures of other people with you because those are really kind of violating other people because of the type of app that you're on, because of the type, the type of site you're on. So make sure you're only putting pictures of yourself on there. Also be sure you're putting pictures where you are dressed up, you're looking good, because you're trying to prove to them that you can fit in their world. There are some sugar daddies that it's not the case, but a lot of the times, the sugar daddies that you want, this is the case, that they're used to nicer, finer things. And that means being able to dress up, being able to fit in in a classy environment. That's really important. It's really important that you display in the pictures that you are able to do that. Those are the requirements for the pictures. If you don't, if you do put mere selfies and selfies and whatever on, you'll still get plenty of attention. You're just not going to attract the really high rollers typically. You really have to understand that how you present yourself is exactly the type of arrangement you're going to get. I really enjoy the arrangements that are classy, dinner dates, fine dining, high conversation, conversation involving business, that kind of stuff. So those are the kind of people I try to at attract in my profile. Seeking arrangements has a lot of different things and like preferences that you can put within your profile. So I'm going to go through them on my own, which means I'm about to open my seeking arrangements app and I'm going to talk about this a little later. But I'm basically, 
for you guys unleashing the floods, which I'll explain what I mean in a little bit. <laughs> All right, so you create a username and a heading. This is what people see before they even click on your profile when they're looking at different people. It tells you to add a short summary about yourself that will grab a member's attention. I'm gonna read a couple examples. Good things come to those who take action. I am your real daddy. No online arrangement, allowances okay. Cuffing season or handcuffing season? Oh my god. Sushi, seafood, or steak date? Let's flirt, have fun, and figure out the rest. Looking for amazing and laid back? Show me who you want to be. So those are some examples of what sugar daddies put for the um, little heading. Then basically when you're looking, you see their main picture, you see their username big, and then you see that. Underneath it, you get their age, their location, height, body, ethnicity, net worth, annual income. This is what you see when you're looking at daddies and you're just scrolling through them. And it's similar for what daddies see when they're looking at babies. You get a decent amount of information about them, but you don't get to see their other pictures and you don't get to see their bio. So then when you click on and you go in, you can see other pictures. A lot of times they won't have pictures or they'll be very vague and you have to request to see their private photos. And there's an easy button to do that within their profile. But then on their profile, you get to see all sorts of information. See member since date, you get to see their last active date, you get to see their locations if they're verified, and then the info you get, you get their if they're looking for women or men, what their ethnicity is, if they smoke, if they drink, their height, their relationship status, so single, married, married but looking, etc. Most of them don't put their occupation industry, but it does have a spot for that. Their body type, so normal or athletic, those type of options, if they have children, their net worth, their annual income, and their education. And then their about me, they can write. Some of them will just have like a little sentence. Some of them will have nothing. Some of them write novels with this kind of stuff. And then they also have what they're seeking and they have, there's some tags. So friends with benefits or long-term or no strings attached or travel, that type of stuff. And then there's another spot for like a long paragraph of what they're seeking and a lot of them will just put like a sentence. They also have the ability to favorite each other and it shows who has viewed you. And then you have your messages and your interest tabs, etc. So when you're making your profile, you put in your preferred ages, you, pref you put in who you're looking for, so a man or woman, put in your birthday. Personal information, it'll ask you for your height, your body type, your ethnicity, hair color, occupation industry, education, relationship, children, smoking, drinking, and your language. And then your pictures, obviously. Locations, you can put your primary location. You can always change this and look at daddies in different locations if you're going to be traveling. I do that sometimes. Then your description, you're about me, and you have 4,000 characters to work with. I put a lot here. A lot of daddies don't write a lot here, but I write up a big old thing because they tend to appreciate it. And the ones who are a little bit higher scale tend to appreciate it more. So I wouldn't have to put anything here to get some basic attention. But I'm looking for a specific type of sugar daddy, so I write a lot. And then I have different tags. 
Personally, I have tagged active lifestyle, flexible schedule, emotional connection, friends with benefits, long-term, no strings attached, and travel with you. And describe what I'm seeking. I also have a decent amount written there. And then you can get verified. It's super unnecessary to get attention. But it looks like you have the option. So it's, in my opinion, a lot more important for daddies to get verified. Then there's also a spot for a gift wish list for babies. And what Seeking says about it is, quote, let successful members know what you really want. Pick gifts from our shops and add them to your wish list so they know exactly what to buy for you. Your privacy will be protected and your name and address will never be shown to your generous gift giver. I've never done this. I have mixed feelings about doing this. It gives you options like lingerie, bags and wallets, intimacy devices, earrings, sunglasses, boots, necklaces, sneakers, floral, costumes, neck bracelets, sensual extremes, like handcuffs, heels and sandals, watches, all these kind of stuff. So it's never been a big deal to me to get gifts. Like I like getting gifts. I actually think it's really special, the ones that do give me gifts. But if that's something you're interested in, hell yeah. I think some daddies might be turned off by having a big wish list just because it looks like you're trying to get things before having an arrangement to some of them, which may or may not be true. So personally, I don't think that it was it's something that I would do. However, it could be used to give them idea for within the arrangement kind of things that you're interested in, and it might help them get you stuff that you actually want versus whatever they think you want but that's a that's something that's totally up to you that's creating your profile and so like I said with uh, personal information when you're typing that stuff up just be aware of what you say is going to attract certain types of people now messages what I meant earlier by logging in is going to open up the floodgates that recently active status is potent okay you log in and you're instantly displayed as being an active user. And a lot more sugar daddies are going to find you and start messaging you. It truly is like opening up the floodgates. As an active baby with a pretty decent profile, I get a lot of messages. This is a blessing and a curse. Managing your inbox is a lot of work, really. It's a ton of work. It's super time-consuming. And it just takes a lot of care and attention, which isn't a bad thing, but it's something you have to commit to if you want quality. Um, You're going to get a lot of people who just are not worth your time. You're going to get some people just trying to have a normal conversation, and you're going to get some paragraphs of describing what they want and asking if you're interested. You're also going to get some people that want to move off of seeking very quickly and you're gonna have some people that you stay talking on seeking for a long time with it's just really all over the plates all over the board of the different kind of situations you're gonna be in I've talked a little bit about this already so I'm not going to go into it a whole ton but it's really important to get the conversation moving I hate to use the word professionally because it makes this more like a business transaction which it's not but it starts off that way and you have to be aware of that and be okay with that. Create those foundations quickly. That is my biggest advice to you. Don't be sitting there chit-chatting for a long time. You're never going to get anything out of that. It's a waste of time, to put it bluntly. It's just a waste of time. 
So figure out what you both want quickly and move on from there. Best advice I could give you and get off of the site. Once you've established what you want, I would recommend making sure you're on the same page, making sure you both want the same thing while on the site and then moving off of it quickly. Um, Then you're not dealing with a bunch of people within your texting app. You're not dealing with that kind of game playing and you're just cutting right to the chase and the people who are worth your time are definitely going to be on board with this and going to be doing it the same way so so i want to give some examples of the types of messages you might receive if you create a profile just read through a couple and get you a little bit prepared one of the maybe three types of approaches that you will see within messages so he said I'm 52, married, and lonely. I'm looking for someone to spend time with a couple times a month. I love to talk, and if we're, and if you were looking for someone to go on a hike with or grab a drink and chat, I'd love the chance to be your company. I started on here looking for someone to have a romantic relationship with, but have come to the conclusion that due to many factors, that is very unlikely. So maybe I can try finding a friend first. Let me know if you'd be interested. I'm very respectful. We'll spoil you with occasional gifts take you shopping, and be a partner on a hike or cuddling on the couch watching a movie. Just let me know. I like that one because he is leaving it open to all sorts of different types of arrangements. He insinuates that he's interested in more, but is willing for something fairly casual. That is one type. Another one that is similar, kind of gets everything out of the way right at first, was... I'm 59 and building a better shape. I was 250 pounds. Today, I'm 225 and hired a trainer. No kids, no wife, no girlfriends. My baggage fits neatly in the overhead compartment. I'm looking for a relationship where I provide and care for. Dates happen, diving, skydiving, dinners, and yes, sex. Take a look and see if you find an interest. That was an interesting one. Kind of see some personality shine. So I liked that. Another type of first message, which is a little bit less fully encompassing, would just be, I love your profile, reading about your outlook on life. What's your favorite city that you've been to? This approach is more like getting to know me and starting things off a little less formally, which is okay. I interact with that sometimes, but it's not quite as fully encompassing, which I think, in my opinion, is a better way to start these off. But I do... But I have had good results with those. Um, actually, my current SD, was, that was his approach as well. It just depends on the particular dynamic with people. But the other one is the really rather annoying and shallow, hey gorgeous, how are you? Or hello, those type of things. Obviously, you're going to get those as well. I typically don't respond or, or engage with them at all just because it A, lacks creativity, which I think is really important. And B, it doesn't make them sound like they are ready to commit to the type of arrangement that I'm looking for. Those are some various situations that you might find yourself in if you create a profile. And hopefully that gives you an idea of how you want to handle it for yourself because it entirely depends on what your goals are and what you want from these things, how you interact with them, and what kind of SDs that you give attention back to. The last thing I'll say is on messages and first messages are if you are messaging somebody first, in my opinion, it's best to really let your personality shine. So say something quirky or fun or sexy or flirty, but also get what you want across very quickly. 
I say in the first message. I try to keep mine within like three to four sentences, no more. And I say something specific to them. I say something specific to me. And I say what I'm looking for and why I'm messaging them. And I leave it at that. And it usually works out pretty well. So typically the same with a dating app. You find something within their profile that you want to talk about. That's always the best approach when meeting people online and on dating sites. No matter what it is. You always want to personalize it. That's just going to lead to better things. That is what I have to say about managing your profile. If I miss anything, if you guys still have any questions, as always, ask me. And I'm happy to revisit the topic. I'm happy to go through it some more, um, give more advice, give more tips. But that's where I'm at right now with this stuff. All right, you guys, before I end this episode, I have a little story for you about what happened to me last night. I couldn't not tell you guys this. My literal thought right after it happened was, I have to tell my sugar blossoms. So, do you remember that intro for episode two? What happened? Yeah, the cops showed up. Fuck me, right? It's my second time having sex. So, funny story, my third time having sex. (laughs) Just kidding. So, funny story, I was in a parking lot. This time, I got a little bit of a vehicle upgrade. This time, we were in a van, and that van had a bed, so a much more comfortable situation. However, however, my mouth was all around this dick. I was thoroughly enjoying myself. I was just kind of playing. You know, you know how it is. And fucking lights. A fucking flashlight starts shining through the window, followed by a tap on the window. (laughs) Flashback moment. This time was a lot less dramatic because I was able to hide in the back of a van. Thank God. Um, (laughs) But why? Can somebody tell me why this stuff happens to me? For the love of God. (laughs) Anyway, I had to share that because (laughs) that story came flooding back into my brain. And my first thought was, I have to tell my sugar blossoms. (laughs) So, yeah, this episode comes full circle. That's where my life's at right now. (laughs) But anyway, honestly back to reality. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope there was some decent, interesting content in here. Gave you an idea of what you should expect if you decide to sign up for Seeking Arrangements or how the world works for people who participate in this type of thing, which it might be more than you realize. I think it's probably a lot more common than anybody admits to. Don't forget my Instagram is at sugarpusspod my twitter is at sugarpusspod and on both i have a survey survey monkey survey and i put a lot of effort into this you guys it's hilarious go check it out but anyway i just really would love some feedback what you guys think of the show the more personalized you make it the better obviously but i also am curious what you want me to talk about so topics and also what questions you might have for me at this point. Criticism about the show, if you want me to focus more on stories, or if you want me to focus more on actual tips, I'm fine with going either way. I just need to know what you guys like and what you guys want. 
Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Go ahead and click that follow button if you're listening on Spotify. The support would mean the world to me. And also, um, share it with your friends. Share it with people who you think might be interested in listening to something like this. The more people that listen, the more feedback I can get, the better we can make this. Thank you for being here. I'll see you guys next week. I hope you have a fantastic week, a fantastic weekend, and I can't wait to see you for episode eight of Sugar Pussy. Oh, I love a good sugar pussy. (laughs)